0: hello and welcome to spiritual side note welcome i'm your host Haley, and this is my co-host shaven or a little host if you will
1: rude (laughs) hope you're all having a good week yeah welcome
0: welcome to no you already said welcome you should west michigan via our microphones party on yeah what are we talking about Today, we are talking about purging, Mm. which is one of my favorite things.
1: Well, now it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hence,
0: one of the reasons we're talking about it. Yeah. So much so, while I'm not totally blaming myself for this, my child wants to keep everything, (laughs)
1: like
0: even trash. Yes. And has gotten to the point, sometimes she's like, I'm not throwing it away. Or she'll grow out of shoes and be like, even though they're too small for me, I'm not giving them to anybody. I was like, I, I don't think I'm overdoing it here, yeah. but also trash needs to go and so do shoes that don't fit you. Yeah. Um, but we have also invited our children into the purging process, which yes. has been great. Anywho, what do you want to start with on purging?
1: Well, I think uh, the reason this topic kind of came to mind was almost just the idea of kind of contentment, but like hoarding and why do we keep things almost like coping mechanisms. So it's, it feels like all these different things wrapped up into one that I feel like maybe a lot of people deal with mm-hmm. um, and and are just trying to like work through. Um, so I thought even some of your talk on purging some of your clothes, the whole like, but what if I wear it? Cause I still like it. Even mm-hmm. though you never really found an occasion to wear that one item or whatever it was like, I thought it might just be beneficial. So um, yeah. I think it would just be really good just to have a conversation kind of the reason behind it and so everyone knows i'm not really like i'm sentimental about certain things but it's really hard to know what i'm gonna be sentimental about um but i don't like keeping things Mm -hmm. um like i will literally get a birthday card open it read it read all the notes be super thankful for everything everyone said and throw it right in the trash like because there's I'm not going to go back and read it. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I never have. Um, There are certain pieces from my childhood that my mom kept in, like, a memory box or whatever. um, That then once I had my own place, or our own place, I guess, um, was bestowed upon me. Um, (laughs) And I've occasionally, like, looked through, like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Or I've kept some, again, not, not always knowing what those sentimental things are. I've kept a few things from, like, my middle school, high school years, elementary years um, that were just really meaningful. Like I got an award for character when I was playing baseball. And that just has always meant a lot to me. So like I kept that. But Mm. um, yeah, so I don't keep a lot, but I also um, I'm also not like super organized. So like there's other parts that I deal with. But, like, the keeping stuff isn't as much of my problem, usually. Hmm. Is that fair to say?
0: For the most part, I would say you don't keep things that might have sentimental value. You'll keep, like, treasure droves of random screws <laughs> and oh, tools yeah. and things like that that you That's think true. you might use or could be beneficial. That's true. Or at least you did until, like, last summer, and then you, like, Purged a bunch of that stuff. I did too. get rid
1: of yeah. And some of that was again just my more unorganized because hey last summer Hagen was only one and sleep was pretty rough, and like mm-hmm. I just wasn't taking the time to go through a lot of that. But yes, I do like it. Like if I have a box of a half box of a hundred screws or whatever, like it feels wasteful to pitch those. Um because I do like when we do build or work on things around the house, like I use screws a lot. So
0: mm. But then, other things I feel like you keep that are like, I would never keep that is like, if you get something um, of like worth more value, like more something that's like techier or something, mm-hmm. you in the past have always kept the box. And then we have yeah. all these like random boxes.
1: And honestly, I don't know where that came from. I feel like <laughs> I'm not throwing him under the bus. And I won't say which one because I have three. But I feel like one of my brother in uh, laws <laughs> kind of told me that or taught me that, so I always thought like, yeah, you keep the box for the tech. That way, if you ever sell it, you can put it back in the box and sell it with the box, and it just looks more official and and whatever. And I've I've never, never, ever have gone back to the box. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's a silly one. Those away. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know why I did that. So I
0: think yours is more like what you think might be useful, not necessarily Mm. sentimental. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. Mine was literally everything. (laughs) (laughs) I could find sentimental value in this piece of Hershey's wrapper trash, which is where Thalia gets from. Because as I was purging over the last couple years now,
1: probably. Yeah. I feel like it started in your, with your clothes, like in our closet, like three years ago.
0: Yeah, maybe. I feel like I did a lot of it during COVID, too. Maybe it was just that I was home and realizing how much we weren't using Mm. certain things. But I feel like, yeah, within the last two to three years, I just started going through a bunch of stuff. And um, one of the boxes I went through downstairs, I had so many memory boxes from when I was a child. I literally had a... (laughs) Like, I think I literally had a Hershey's wrapper... In that box, because for whatever, you actually did? yeah, I legit had candy wrappers. Mm. Whether that was from a camp that meant something to me, or uh, I don't know a parade I went to with my grandparents, like I couldn't even tell you what it was from, but I was like, okay.
1: I am more concerned than I was ten minutes ago. No, but
0: I got rid of that. Oh, good, it's fine. Okay. So, um, I can't exactly tell you. What flipped in my heart and my mind, except that God had been working on me for a while. And it just finally clicked that having all of this stuff was actually, like, making my brain space, even if I wasn't thinking about it, feel more full. Mm -hmm. Like, I would just realize, like, every drawer was full of something, and I didn't like that. Like, why don't I have space for things? Um, And I grew up doing this. Like, I was a collector of all things. Like, rocks, Mm. sticks, like not actual stamps. sticks, right? Oh, for sure, actual sticks. I'm sure. Really? No. I'm.
1: I mean, I cool rocks. Bit, yes, but, I totally get. It, but sticks. But, but,
0: oh yeah, and leaves, like <laughs> basically nature. Oh, I bet you press um, leaves. Oh yeah, I was and, a like, hardcore leaf presser yeah, yeah. and flower presser. And,
1: yes.
0: Um, I collected stamps. I like. I just loved collecting things.
1: Basic babe.
0: Yeah, that was so cool. I just had a lot of stuff and I didn't like getting rid of things because I thought I might use it. So there was a usefulness to it, but also a sentimental value. So I literally kept like everything. And I think a part of the usefulness piece was if I already have it, I don't want to have to spend money on it later, but it became like a habit and like an addiction to like, that I didn't even realize I had to keep stuff because I didn't want to let go of it, whether that was like a control thing or a coping mechanism or trying to make myself feel full by like going out and finding more things because then it became a, a thing to find things really cheap to be able to keep mm-hmm. um and i loved random knickknacks that could do something stupid like i can't even tell you what that like would a random be
1: kitchen gadget yeah a mm-hmm. random
0: kitchen gadget exactly or 12 of them well yes um, And not of the same thing, correct?
1: but sometimes the same thing, but, like, a different size. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: But I would, like, never use those things. Mm -hmm. I just thought they were really cool.
1: Maybe once every, like, two years.
0: Maybe. Maybe. But really, yeah, it's just, like, it came down to, like, I found this, like, pride, I guess, in being able to thrift things for cheap and, like have this really cool thing that looked kind of vintage, but like they were all hidden away in drawers or like my life just felt like things were stacked up and piled up and hidden away. Um, Oh man. Yeah. I think the way you opened was perfect. There's so many layers to this. That so like, then it, it becomes like a, a worth or value thing too. Mm. And like how much I own mm. speaks into like my value, how much I'm worth um, and I let everything speak into that for the majority of my life.
1: Remind me to come back to something I just thought of. I don't want to forget. No, come back now. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, like, similarly, um, I don't know that it was, like, my worth. It, I'm, it wouldn't surprise me if it was at least tied to it. But um, one of the things I've loved having about our garage that has that whole workstation set is, or section is... Um, I inherited a ton of tools from my grandpa and then also had a couple things of my own or whatever that we had found along the way. Um And I kind of really loved being the guy who had that, that tool. Mm. And I really wasn't that for a lot of people. Like there was only a handful of people who, if they need something, I might have it. Cause there's, I mean, we live in, in Lowell where like people literally have barns for their tools and their Hitches and their uh lifts for their cars, like it's just insane. Um, but for a small group of people, it was like, oh, I need this. Like, she she might have it. Um, and there was a pride in that. Like you mm-hmm. said, like being the guy who who has enough of this that like people might ask me because mm-hmm. I just might have it. Anyways,
0: hmm. I think I found that some too in in a different way in like clothes. I did not like. Wearing the same thing twice, mm. which is interesting because I had certain things I love to wear. But, like, if I knew I had worn this outfit to church, I didn't want to wear that again, like, ever. It's like I never thought anyone could see me in the same thing twice. Mm. Don't know exactly where that came from. Um, but I just had so many clothes. Oh, my stars. There's a few. Thousand. <laughs> Um, for not real, though, really. they were just, like, wall to wall in my closet and not just, like, oh, I have a little closet. Like, my dad had built these, like, bars that went, like, the short ways in my closet and then the long way. So, it was, I'm
1: just, like. I'm trying to think. Short ways was probably two feet and long ways was six?
0: Probably something like that. Um,
1: and did you have an upper and a lower section, right?
0: No. Just oh. one solid across.
1: Oh, for some reason I thought you had a top I bar might have had like part. drawer, oh, like okay. a
0: stack of drawers or something under there, but I don't think that was till college, and I took that back and forth. But I, let's just say I did like had those three plastic pull-out drawer mm-hmm. kind of things, like the wide ones.
1: I definitely remember you having that.
0: Um, but these bars had like, um, like a shelving on top. Mm-hmm. So literally, I had clothes piled on the shelving part. I had clothes hanging from wall to wall both ways. I had clothes, like, in the drawers, stacked up on the floor, like, behind my door in my bathroom. Oh, my parents hated that. I have no idea how I lived the way that I lived because now I don't, like, like, I don't just throw my clothes on the floor. And I used to just, like, throw them on the clo- like floor in the bathroom, like, well, I'll pick them up later. And my parents would be like, okay, Haley, there's literally a pile. You need to clean it up now. Like, what? I'm so different. Anyways... um. I hated getting rid of clothes because if I have it, I might wear it. And odds were, like, I would once every, like, two years, three years, four years, five years, like, kind of thing. Um, but I also would never buy a piece of clothing that wasn't on sale. So I'm often buying clothes at cheap places that then they were marked down to even cheaper. So I found the worth and value thing in that. Like, look, at I just found this shirt for a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> like cool was it really worth the quarter like you wore it three times maybe but like really it was just like that dopamine high right and i would spend out and it's okay guys this is not just about like purchasing things or hoarding things it's the amount of time you spend going out to do that as well mm-hmm. like i spent yeah. so many hours shopping like shopping for things like um and thrift stores or shopping for clothes or then online shopping when that became a thing specifically even during covid right you're just like online like looking at things like there's just so many hours like lord forgive me that i used for nothing beneficial for the kingdom at all like
1: do you remember how there was, that was a tension point when you get off at starbucks when you worked there in california and yeah you i literally felt store?
0: like i couldn't help myself that's how addicted i mm. felt like like i yeah, I worked at Starbucks in California and there was like a couple thrift stores around and I would just go spend hours there. And it really was in a lot of ways a double down of like an addiction and a coping mechanism because mm, um, yeah. I felt like out of control inside of myself. And um, I don't know if shopping felt like something I could control or um, if it was just finding worth and value. And uh, yeah, I think there was just a lot, a yeah. lot there. I'm still unpacking and it's hard to almost like crawl back into that space because I haven't lived that way for so long. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I was going somewhere. Oh, but the clothing thing like that probably starting, I don't know, five years ago now or so I became interested in what a minimalist closet looked like because the thing was like, I would still go buy. Things and maybe wear them, like, one time. But I would go back to my, like, six staple things, and I loved gray, black, and, like, other neutral colors, like Mm -hmm. maybe a tan or a light pink, whatever. I looked up what, like, these minimalist, like, wardrobes looked like, and I, over the years, I keep, like, fluctuating my closet in a sense like oh okay this time I'm just going to spend like this much money and then this is what I'm going to wear but my heart hadn't changed just mm. my idea had changed my mm. idea of what I felt like I would look good in because good. this was also tied to like the way I felt about my body and the way that I looked and having to appear a certain way and um that's been like the majority of my life like I wanted to like look a certain way or feel like I fit in in a certain way or or not like I very much like being my own stylistic kind of person even like i think i liked the idea as i'm just verbally processing of like whether that's like the wow no one could pull that off but you like in an outfit kind of thing which i'm realizing is maybe not totally a compliment but i actually absolutely took it as one or like the mm. things that i would buy at a thrift store that no one else would have like mm. kind of like the tools right that are like yeah super cool right and like found it for a dollar and you don't have one like whatever that is in my head that made me feel like i was better than Mm. in order to prove to myself that i was okay and that i was enough and i was good at something or in control of something or whatever that might be um anyway the clothing thing really i just i went through so many cycles of like getting rid of stuff and then i would fill the closet back up because my heart hadn't changed like I was still doing the same behaviors because I might go through a season where I wasn't maybe buying as many clothes, so I would purge, but then I I would find myself in a different addictive cycle. And once that was satiated, it's like I would go back and I actually, I mean, even if you look at the spiritual side note, like background picture, my closet is stuffed like full on the bars, like Mm -hmm. with clothes. Um, which was actually at that point in time, like less than I had ever owned, but probably three or four months ago now, I was just like that. I'm just taking down everything, but like these things and like just putting the other stuff away to see if I would even remember. And it was probably two or three years ago. I started doing that Marie Kondo. I think that's her name. Kondo thing. Um, someone told me about where you like literally take everything out of your closet And you look at it and you're like, do I love this? Mm. Like, Does it bring me joy? And if it doesn't, you get rid of it. I had done that before the spiritual side note background Mm -hmm. picture. Like that's how many clothes I had. I had like boxes of extra clothes downstairs. Um, So I finally just like took out everything and just started with these like staple things. And the thing is I still have like a trunk under my closet right now that is full of clothes that I'm just not sure if I'm going to wear or not. But I literally own the least amount of clothes I've ever owned, and I still own a ton. But, like, the work that has gone into, like, doing that, I still have to fight this, like, oh, but I could go get this. And God's just been teaching me this contentment of, like, what you wear is not going to change how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. It might for a hot second, but ultimately it's, like, my heart and me trying to fill myself with anything but Him, whether that's, like a comfy sweater or the way that I look or trying to look like someone else. Cause that's another thing too. I'd like see clothes that my friends have that I loved be like, I want to find that. Um, But really it's just that I, I didn't love me and Mm -hmm. like I, I loved things about other people because I wasn't in love with who God was and letting him be enough and letting him love me and teach me to love myself. So clothes has been a huge one, but it just has sparked like a purging of our entire home. Yeah. Um, and I've been talking for a while, so I can take a break so you can...
1: No, you're good. ...pop
0: in there and say anything you'd like to say.
1: Yeah, I would just... Uh, I think I would just say that, like, you you really have been doing a good job um, of working through this. Um, and I think... So much of why we do this kind of goes back to what we started talking about. Like, there there might be something underneath that's that's causing this. I think a lot of it, honestly, for at least um, those of us in, in North America, struggle with the comparison and mm-hmm. like, oh, I need the next thing, um, whether that is a gadget um, or uh, something for a house or the new clothing or whatever that it might be um, that we're trying to almost like keep up with, yeah. with other people. Um, and so really just challenging the motives of our heart and where our value is coming from and who we're letting speak into our life. Cause obviously um, nothing should affect our identity or our worth um, other than God. Mm-hmm. He, he speaks into that. Um, and then other people I think speak into our character Right. They can they can address character issues or or even some behavior issues like, hey, I saw that what's going on there or whatever, where they can mm-hmm. speak into those things. But even that group, I think, has to be relatively small. Um, one, it's hard to have a deep level of trust with a ton of people, um, but it's also hard for um, a large group of people to see you who, for who you really are. Um, so just having a small group of people who can speak into that mm-hmm. um, and then the rest just need to not go away but mm. almost like that like mentally like yeah i don't like i i truly love that you have that and that that speaks to you mm. but that doesn't need to affect my Um, state of being or my level of anxiety or my feeling behind in life or whatever Um, and there's good goals to set whether you know if it's like bigger things like um, to purchase a house someday like that's that's a great goal to have Um, but for instance like my parents were um, in their 30s um, living in California and my dad was a pastor and my mom homeschooled taught us so like the the idea of having a lot of extra money to save up for a house wasn't really there. Um, and so they were, let's see, I was about nine. So I think my dad was like 36 maybe. Um, so 35, 36 before they bought their own house. Mm -hmm. Um, and we bought our house when held was uh, 26. I think it was 26. Um, and, um, yeah, I was twenty (laughs) six. Um, and so, like there was a part of me that was like, wow, that's amazing. But like we live in West Michigan and we um, just got like, I mean, the, the housing market was just totally different here than even what my parents bought their first mm-hmm. house in 99, 2017 here was just completely different. Anyways, but like even that, like, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm farther ahead than my parents were. Cause that's just, it really is not the case mm-hmm. truly. Um, and so like, again, just monitoring the the state of our heart when we're in that mode like okay god what what do you have for us and um sometimes like if you need a new shirt or you need some new pants i don't think like god's gonna say like no don't don't get that like i basically have a pair of black jeans a pair of um regular jean wash jeans and a pair of light wash jeans um so when i get a hole in them in one of those i go replace that one um and honestly i don't i don't remember ever praying about it because it's just Mm -hmm. like that's seems pretty minimal for pants and so like um i never really prayed about it maybe i should um but i think it's the accumulation when i just want things to want them or to add them to my collection that's where it's more the the motive of the Mm -hmm. heart of what what am i doing this for um And some people like collecting things and that's truly fine. Like if it fits within your budget and like there's peace there and it brings you a sense of joy as a hobby, then I think that's okay. But really just challenging why you have the things that you do. Um, and even just like going through your house, just like, okay, yeah. God, give me, give me wisdom and discernment for the things that I own of mm-hmm. what am I holding on to that I just don't need, but I hold on to out of a fear of, but what if I need that one day? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, but, but I just might need that five years from now. Like, then you can buy it five years from now. Um, you know, at, at least with, with most things, um, or if, not, you if can you're holding on them. to, uh, a wedding ring from your grandma and you're waiting to find the love of your life. Like, sure. Keep that. That makes sense. Right. But like, um, but like the obvious things of, no, I just don't need that. Um, and so just really trying to work through those things. I feel like I rambled, but hopefully there was some sense made in there.
0: Yeah. I think the more you do it, the freer you feel and the easier it becomes to keep doing it. Mm. Cause some of the sentimental things at first were harder. I think, I think, because I feel like I've tried to do this before in the past and it, I just didn't get very far because I'm like, oh, that still means a lot to me. I I think I know what actually like really sparked this. Um, I started doing some of this in COVID, but when I was um, it's probably a year and a half ago now ish my Bible study started studying revelation and I just realized how important eternity is mm-hmm. and how not important the stuff around me was. Mm. And I think it just radically shifted my perspective of things. Mm. Um, anyway, so that, I think I was finally just fed up with it. Like this is enough. Like mm. I don't use most of this stuff or I'm just storing up, it up for all these reasons. And As I let God inform me of who I am, I don't have to worry about walking into, okay, the way we were describing it the other day, the way Haley describes this, is that our worth and value, like who God has made us to be, is like a cup that we're holding onto, or you could visualize yourself as the cup, and he's the one that fills up that cup. And when you walk into a room, no one can add to that, and no one can take it away. And no thing can add to that, and nothing can take it away. You can... You can let something try to, but you will end up more diminished and depleted because God alone can fill you. And then things on top of that can feel like overflowing blessings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I walk into like my space and I act like whatever's around me, whether that's my furniture or my decor or my clothes or my gadgets or whatever it might be, is going to fill that up. It's it's actually going to do the opposite. It's going it's going to drain me because that's where my my focus is going. That's where my finances are going. That's where my time is going. And none of that is putting Jesus first. Um, I think he can speak to me about all these things when I put him first, but I was really just looking at myself mm-hmm. and like how I felt and what I wanted to feel like and just further deepening this cycle of like, ick really like it was just nothing about it was fulfilling. Yeah. Um, so I did also watch this, minimalist documentary during this time. And one of the things I loved that the guy said in there was he, he, both him and, uh, whoever else wasn't speaking. There was two guys that did this documentary, um, weren't minimalist before. They just had so much stuff. And the one guy got divorced and he was just like in his huge apartment by himself with all this stuff and was like, it doesn't matter. And then his mom passed away. And he went to his mom's place and she had like 25 coats, but she lived in Florida. He was like, she would never wear a coat. Like, why do you have 25? And then looked under a bed and there were four boxes, at least there might've been more labeled one, two, three, four. And he realized it was all of his like schoolwork from first, second, third, fourth grade that had never been touched again. And something about that moment clicked for him. Like, I'm not doing this. Cause he was just planning on loading up everything in his mom's house and taking it back with him and adding it to his stuff. And instead he loaded all this stuff up and just sent it to like Goodwill and different places and kept a few sentimental things that were actually sentimental. And then went home and started doing this with his place too. Um, And he did it differently than the other guy. Like this, the guy that was speaking literally went into his apartment and just like got rid of everything. Kind not everything, lots of stuff. And his thing was when you walk into my apartment now, you won't think, oh my gosh, this guy is a minimalist. But everything I kept, has a purpose or a function? Like I don't need, I don't know what was one of the things I got rid of that didn't have a function anymore. Whatever that was, I got rid of lots of those. <laughs> where I was like, this is just extra, just sitting here. Like so many extra utensils mm-hmm. in the kitchen, I didn't need six wooden spoons. Right now, I feel like I have zero because I did whittle it down to like two, and then like one of them broke, and then I think the kids took the
1: other one. That's the, probably yeah, it's somewhere. like permanently in their toy kitchen. Yeah, yep.
0: but. Honestly, I haven't needed it. Like, I've, I've used other things. Um, or I would see, like, oh, I forgot about this thing that I have, and how many times a year do I do that? And I would just get rid of that stuff. Like, there's not a purpose or a function for it, and I don't use it. Um, the other guy, the way he perched his stuff was he actually boxed everything up in his apartment. Oh, yeah. And then if he went looking for something, like, I need a spoon, he would go get a spoon. And after six months or six weeks, something like that, whatever wasn't touched, he just got rid of it's like, that's phenomenal. That's where my clothing thing came from. Like, I'm just going to box it up. But if I don't even know.
1: That I'm missing it. That I'm missing it. Like, know.
0: I don't need to know that I have it. Um So both of those things were actually pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with, like, following Jesus. But the logic of it and the, like, oh, man, we just stuff our lives, like, so. Mm-hmm full and we've talked about this and like stuffing our lives full of busyness or saying yes to things but we just stuff our lives full Mm -hmm. and people are in incredible debt because of it or the number of houses i feel like i drive by even in our surrounding area that like you can see things like just scattered everywhere outside or from Mm -hmm. floor to ceiling inside because you can see it through the windows that you're like that it would just feel like you're trapped to be stuck in a cycle like that and it does it feels like you're trapped but there is hope And there is help if you genuinely are struggling in this area, like please get help. Get someone like my friend, Suzanne is like an impeccable organizer and people who are hoarders have actually hired her to come in and help them get rid of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you need a third party. Maybe not someone who has their own organizing business. If you can't afford that or don't know them, but one of your friends who's like a third party, that's like, you don't need that. You don't need this. And then trusting their voice in that. Um, It has been really huge. And I feel like the only thing I've even really regretted for like a moment was I think I got rid of something. Oh, my grandpa passed away in November. And when I was in high school and early college, I think it was mostly early college, him and I would make take these big granny panties is what we called them we would buy these big cotton granny panties and we would make the stupidest things on them like drawings and, or patches and mail them back and forth. And about two years ago I got rid of all of those. Cause I was like, I don't need these. And after he passed, that was one of the things I was like, I wish I would have kept a pair of those, hmm. but I haven't really thought about them since it was just in that, in that moment when mm-hmm. I really missed him, I wish I had something that we had done together. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't change my memories of him. Yeah. Right. Like, when I die, I'm not going to care about any of this stuff, which has really just been eye opening to me, um, about like what really matters and what I'm stuffing my life full of. I'd rather have more time for people. Mm. I'd rather have more time for my kids and not be teaching this to them. I'd rather be investing what God is giving me back into the kingdom instead of into myself. Like it was just almost like this black hole that starts surrounding you where you're making your life about you. And then you're surrounding yourself with yourself and things about yourself. And then like going out into the world because like I loved people and I loved Jesus but like coming back into my space and there's just something about the freeness of like this is not mine Mm. this place is not mine my stuff is not mine Um, and I even did this with food I feel like we just had a lot of extra stuff like packed away into Mm. places and now I just I get a thrill out of like a whole shelf being empty Mm. Um, Costco makes that kind of weird because we do Mm. buy certain things at Costco and then they last forever and I almost get like sad about that like I want it I want to be able to use it and have it be done and not like, I need six tubes of toothpaste. Like, <laughs> no, we need one at a time. But then I got six because it actually wasn't sale and it made financial sense.
1: <laughs> and I'm but, the guy who, when I go to brush my teeth at 10 o'clock at night for bed and uh, we realize, oh, I used that last of the toothpaste this morning. Well, now what do we do? That's So uh, I like having one back
0: Yeah. But I just had, like, 12 backups of things or unnecessary things or things that would go bad because I just had too much of them. Like, there, this was just in about every area of my life. So,
1: Well, and I think the other thing you brought this up was, like, not just the physical stuff as well, but, like, even my inbox was getting – my email inbox was getting to – an absurd place of these stupid ad emails and like i had tried like unsubscribing to things years mm-hmm. ago like whatever like i was going through and click up subscribe and i feel like it literally did nothing mm-hmm. so i just kind of gave up but like literally every time every two or four hours i check my email on my phone or whatever it's like Oh, I have five more ads. Just delete, 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 delete. Okay, move on. Um, and just realizing how absurd it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even being aware of the things that we need to purge. And maybe there's a better word, but we're on the topic of purging um, that we need to purge from our life. Um, mm-hmm. You also mentioned time, like the amount of time some things take being aware of how much time and mental space, like what mental space do we need to purge? That mm-hmm. we're just either overanalyzing or just thinking about things that we're um, hyper invested in, like in, in certain hobbies or or whatever, or our finances, Um I'm not saying like, oh, drain your bank account, Um, but like how much are you you caught in? I just need more of it Mm -hmm. rather than how do I utilize what God has given me well to honor him and and be generous too and and give away as well. But but even just thinking about the non-physical things, I think is important as well.
0: And actually, when you first brought up like, maybe we could talk about purging. The thing that went through my head was Jesus cleaning out the temple and how... When he, and I think I've probably brought this up on a podcast a few weeks ago, but how when he went into the temple, he went in to clear it out from what should not have been there. Um, And there were money changers, meaning people were selling sacrifices to people who were coming from out of town, people who couldn't have either afforded to bring an animal with them, whether that meant financially or um, if I brought my perfect perfect you know little one-year-old you lamb no that's a girl you needed a boy anyways lamb Um, and it like tripped along the way and got cut and then I couldn't use it and then you're out like so it made sense that people were able to purchase a sacrifice once they got to the temple but people had turned it into like a business and that's what Jesus was furious about like people taking advantage of his people and he goes in and he clears out the temple well now our bodies are the temple and the Holy Spirit is the one that does that work of purging whatever shouldn't be in there. But as Easter's coming up, what made me think of this too was the, the connection of um, Passover to Jesus cleaning out the temple. And how the when Jesus cleared out the temple, it was the week before Passover. And traditionally, the week before Passover um, in the Jewish community, you go through your house like crazy and you clean out any leaven at all like people are sweeping cleaning it's actually where the phrase spring cleaning came from because it's springtime and they go through and they're cleaning Mm -hmm. out everything to get rid of any trace of leaven because during passover you can't have any form of leaven in your home like at all um so just this intense purging of any leaven at all and leaven biblically doesn't always mean sin. Sometimes actually the kingdom is referred to as leaven, but leaven being like something that transforms something. But when that leaven is sin or something that shouldn't be there, it will transform something into something that looks like death Mm. instead of something that looks like life, which is the kingdom of God. So Jesus going into the temple the week before Passover very much resembled the way that the Jewish people would clear out their homes. He went in to clear out his home, to clear out the temple from the leaven that shouldn't have been there. Um, And that equally now our temple, one of my prayers lately since I read this book about Jesus fulfilling all the the feasts and what that looks like, um, is that now that our bodies are the temple, I can... Continually pray for him to purge that leaven out of me that isn't supposed to be there. And it's just come to mind more now that Easter is getting closer and we're we're closer to this space of Passover where um, God wants to purge things from us that aren't. Mm aren't supposed to be in there and that he'll show you what that is. And then he gives you the power to do it. You still have to choose to do it. So whether that's like an idol in your life, like collecting Mm. a whole bunch of stuff or putting people um, in a place of um, control in your life, like either you're trying to control them or you let them control you and your emotions, or you're trying to please everybody or get all the certain kinds of views or likes or make the perfect story or like whatever that might be. Or if it's food or alcohol, sex, mm. like all anything, like God can purge that and wants mm. to. And he's willing to. We just have to be open to letting him do so. Because um, our our God is not a forceful God either. Like yeah. forcing his way in, right? Like Jesus very forcefully cleared out the temple, but that was his home. He doesn't force his way into our lives. It's a choice. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's, like, a lot of connection to, like, this isn't just about physical things, Mm -hmm. but the physical things are a manifestation of something deeper that's going on. Um, I think it was Seth, when we were in Nicaragua, told us that he had read a book that said something like, if you want to see the state of your heart, look at the state of your room. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, I don't know about that. And now I'm realizing, like, whoa. Not necessarily when my kids are running around and, and like, leaving toys out and things, because actually that, to me, shows the state of my heart is no longer controlling, or at least not in the same way as I'm, like, letting things be. But if I would have looked at, like, the hordes of things hiding in places, that would have showed the state of my heart, mm. as opposed to, like, um, yeah, just a simple cleared out space that, like, this is enough. Yeah, yeah contentment. Um, inside of myself and therefore outside choosing to be content truly in any situation yeah. so yeah
1: that's good yeah. awesome well thanks for sharing
0: yep anything else you want to add
1: I don't think so urging that's pretty good all right I like it cool well thanks everybody for joining us for another week of this purchase I know hmm it's been good <laughs> <laughs> anywho all right everybody we okay. hope you have an awesome week yep We will talk to you soon.
0: Bye.